Welcome back to the Foreign Desk Podcast. I'm Lisa Daftari. I must get over a dozen emails, texts, DMs a week from parents asking, what can we do? They're talking about mandates. They're talking about school closures. They're talking about parents being bullied and intimidated by the teachers and principals and the school board. And they're asking what they can do to merely fight for their children and their children's education. And like me, I'm sure many of you stop many multiple times a week uh, to ask yourselves, how the heck did we get here? More importantly, like these parents are wondering, how the heck do we climb out of this hell that they've created for us and our children? Our, today's guest is a prime example of what can be done, of a person who's decided to take matters into her own hands and is single-handedly making a difference in taking back power for parents across the country. I'd like to welcome to the program Clarice Schillinger, founder of Back to School Pennsylvania, which is a bipartisan grassroots group with the single goal of electing candidates to school boards who would put children and their education first. Sounds simple enough, right? And she's also, very, very importantly, drum roll please, candidate for Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor. Welcome to the program, Clarice. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to share uh, our success and how it can be recreated. So our success, what does this even mean? What do you do? I mean, um, I think a lot of people are intrigued, right? Uh, but not exactly sure what your PAC does or what you have as an individual decided to do. Uh, so at my kitchen table, while my children were home virtually learning for 18 months, I started a political action committee also referred to as a PAC. And what I did was fundraise money uh, to support school board candidates in public schools. But the one criteria that it had to meet was to put children in their education first. That was so important. Also, in the same context, is parents being included in their children's education is not a partisan issue. And that's exactly why Back to School PA is a bipartisan group. So when we talk about mandates and we talk about uh, masking, vaccine, critical race, schools not being open or closed, what we really have to do is look at the high level of what the actual problem is. And the actual problem is the people at the decision-making table. And those are school board members. Those are, uh, you know, even in a private school, you still have a board. And, and making sure those people are putting our children first is what we have to approach. And that's what the PAC did. Uh, when you say putting our children first, I mean, the people sitting on that board, they believe they are putting children first, don't they? Um, I'm not sure that that's true. Uh, so special interest groups, lobbyists have a lot of power. They also have a lot of money. And that's where I said, why don't we become the antithesis to these special interest groups, to these lobbyists, and have places for school board candidates, for board members to go and say, you know what? I don't feel comfortable with what's being pushed down the line. I need a group to go to that's gonna back me up. And that's mm -hmm. exactly what we are. We give these people the power of the voice trainings to say, we don't have to go with what's coming down um, mm -hmm. from these special interest groups. Now, what are some of the issues that are red flags for, for you know, kind of, you know, picking out these board members? 
So I think the biggest red flag is when parents, uh, their public comment or their emails are not responded to, they're completely shut out. So that is where this lack of transparency comes from. And the lack of transparency is actually what has parents upset. So knowing that if we just included parents in the education system or, hey, we're going to put masking in or we're going to put vaccine, whatever the case is, if parents are included in that decision, then we can stop all, you know, we see the parents standing up at the school boards. We see them very upset. The true feeling of being upset is because they're not included in the decision. It's a mandate. It's brought down. So the school board members that we have elected across the state of Pennsylvania, 140 of them. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot. Uh, but we're not going anywhere. We're actually going to go national and help people as much as we can. That was, yeah, that was my next question. I mean, I think <laughs> yeah. people are sitting in all sorts of places wondering, can she help us? Of course. So um, actually right now uh, we are having, and, and I say published in the very, I'm a mom, right? So we are publishing our playbook. We will be sharing our playbook around whoever wants it, whoever needs it, uh, to attack the problem bipartisanly for my apologies for that uh we are having some technical difficulties i think clarice has some uh internet issues on her side just a sign of the times but uh i can tell you uh briefly about the many successes that clarice has had many individuals like her where they um are really working behind the scenes to get you know the, the, the school board candidates who are well-intentioned and supported by the parent body uh, into these spots across Pennsylvania. And as she said, she is putting together a handbook so that this can be replicated in other places. Welcome back, Clarice. Thank you. Sorry. Clarice, um, you said so beautifully. You said, um, I'm a mom. And it's funny because you stopped and you paused. And I remember the first time I, I came across your work and your name, I looked you up on LinkedIn. And as the, uh, you know, LinkedIn, obviously, it's a place, it's a professional uh, you know, arena and everyone has their big bios and resumes. And under your name, it just says mom, uh, which is uh, obviously the most important job that any one of us can, can, can perform. Um, let's talk a bit about your background and how you got started. I think there's a lot of people out there looking at your trajectory and thinking, wow, you know, I wish I could make that big of a difference or take, you know, this um, passion that I have or what I'm seeing and make a difference. I mean, at what point did you just think I got to roll up my sleeves and take care of this myself? Uh, I would say it was about six months in of the school closures and I could see uh, my teenage daughter in particularly, I could see the dwindle in her eyes, missing her, te uh, you know, her teachers, her peers. And I remember looking at my husband and saying, I have to do something. I don't know what that something is, but I have to do something. And I did. I started with a little rally outside of the school and said, you know, please open our schools. Uh, but then also decided, you know, seeing party line votes to keep schools closed really struck me as odd. It struck me as, are we in a pandemic or is this political? And when I really dug in, I noticed just how political it was, just how much special interest groups, lobbyists, elected officials were almost using the school closures as a money grab. 
more money has been pumped into our school districts than we've ever seen in the history of America. And I truly believe that that is why we continue to resort back. Well, we need more money for COVID mitigation. We need more money. So I, I, I joke around and say, follow the money, you find your answer. But it's actually really true. And so I went out and said, well, I'm going to get money and I'm going to help these school board candidates and say, listen, here's a couple thousand dollars. You need it for your race. Campaigns are not free. And here, this is what we'll have trainings. We'll give you whatever you need. But that didn't just happen overnight. It took a lot of time. So I don't want any of your viewers to reinvent the wheel. I want them to reach out. We will provide you the playbook. We've already, you know, done, um, you know, fallen on our face quite a bit in this process, but we've kind of ironed it out to a science and, and it can be done. Uh, you've done a lot of investigating, right? So you go in, you've you've sent FOIA requests. Uh, that's Freedom of Information Act uh, that allows you to to obtain um, sensitive documents. What are what are some of the actions you've taken to unearth this uh, information? A and B. What are some of the things that you're finding across the board? If you want to just give us an overview. So uh, yes, I I submit a lot of Freedom of Information Acts. Any single entity that receives any kind of public funding is subject. You can pull their emails, you can pull their text messages, right. which I have. That also does include private schools. Private schools mm -hmm. do receive uh, uh, taxpayer money and we, are, we can submit a right to know or a Freedom of Information Act request and seeing what's actually being set. So I have a guide on right to knows if anyone needs our Freedom of Information Act knows how to file them. But what I just what I started to uncover was truly disturbing. Parents only want schools open because uh, they need a babysitter. Yeah. Um, you know, children, you know, they do they do fine on virtual learning. This is what's best for us. And it was very disturbing. Um, and even uh, talking about parents uh, in emails back and forth about how they were upset about maybe some material that they found in the library, which we have seen. And almost a mockery. So being able to get that kind of information and you take it right to the press every time. <laughs> Now, oh, good. Well, that's that's a good segue because I know you you are a bipartisan organization, but a lot of what you're doing is fighting the establishment, which currently is, is a Democrat um, elected president. And these are these are these are liberal policies that got here got us here, regardless of where you are on the political spectrum. That's a fact. Uh, how has the media responded? Um, have you gotten into you know? Have you been in touch with the mainstream media? Have you been able to say, "Wake up! This is this is a fact. It's it's not a political it's not a political point on my end." But let's expose the political play here. So, uh, I was just in uh, the Washington Post yesterday. I've been in the New York Times, Fox News, uh, CNN. They uh, the media. I feel like does not understand, even after what we saw in Virginia with Glenn Youngkin, the true groundswell of parents that are absolutely 
just upset. They do not trust our school system. And one thing I will make note to, if our parents do not trust the school system, whether that is to stay open or closed, or they don't want their children to be indoctrinated, our economy will never fully reopen until our parents have an education system that they fully rely and trust on. Right, right. Go ahead. Right. You know, um, two two stats that I, I pulled up ahead of our, our show and we're reporting on at the Foreign Desk is that students in 2021 tested about 10 points behind in mathematics and nine points behind in reading when compared to uh, previous years. And more uh, first and second graders finished the 2020-2021 school year two or more grade levels below expectations than in any previous year. Yes. I yes. mean... Follow the number. I mean, it, this is these are facts, and to say that these kids are doing okay um, with distance learning is just a lie. And this is not even taking into account the psychological and social factors of of, of not being with their friends and peers and not having you know um, uh, PE and and other uh, physical activity and such. Um, I have a question, and I, I actually ask myself this too as I report and I and I talk about what's going on in the last two years in this country. Where do you think we are? Meaning, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, people on both sides of the political aisle, because it wasn't a political issue then, it was more, we're having a pandemic. I have want. you. Can you hear me? Okay, it looks like we've lost Clarice again. This is, it's such an interesting uh, conversation with her. And I know that getting cut out like this is very frustrating, uh, but hopefully we'll get her back on and, and ask her this next question. And I will ask all of you, you know, where do you think we are in the sense that, um, are, are most Americans waking up to what's going on? Meaning can they, can most Americans put political affiliation aside and say something is wrong? Uh, this doesn't make sense. Uh, you know, and, and as things start unraveling, um, you know, is the jig up? I mean, are people really starting to question everything from what the CDC is recommending, from what their local governments are, are recommending, from what their schools are recommending, what their children are, are forced to do, the mandates, the vaccines, the boosters, and so on. Um, and I will ask this question now of Clarice. Um, I just asked the audience the same question because I think it's something that we're all interested in knowing is where are we in the spectrum of things? Meaning, um, you know, are, are most Americans awake to or have they awoken to the fact that um, something's up? I mean, some, it doesn't all add up. I mean, from a one to 10, one being very unaware and 10 being super, super aware, and ready to take action. Where do you think we are? I think right now we're about a seven or an eight. And, and what I would really encourage, and you and I have had conversations offline about this, but understanding that everyone that you're talking to is not gonna maybe agree on everything when it comes to our children. But the finding the common ground and what we do agree on is that we should be involved in our children and their education. And finding that common ground and saying, right now our current administration says that it's it's probably best that parents are not involved. That's where we find that common ground and we forge forward for our children. It's getting into the weeds, I don't know, is very productive. I think it's definitely more productive to find the common ground, build a coalition, and get people in office, in places who say, this is not a partisan issue. Our children's education matters. China is number one in education. We are not. We have our work to do. 
We mm-hmm. must be involved in our in their education. Finding that common ground instead of saying, you know, digging in and and, and the micro uh, level of you know critical race theory, what books should or should not be. That's for individual schools, you know, and parents to decide on. But as a whole, as as building this coalition, it's finding that one thing that bipartisanly we agree on. And Virginia found it. Pennsylvania found it. We believe we should be in our children's education. And that's what I encourage really anybody that's saying, I'm at a 10, I'm I'm jumping into this fight, mm-hmm. is truly bringing it back and saying, what do I really want? What I really want is to be involved in my children and their education. You know, and I, I agree with you 100%, but I feel like the examples you gave, and they're wonderful examples, which we all celebrated, are in, are in purple states, right? So we have obviously red states, which are free and amazing, and the states that you mentioned are purple. They have the potential. How about for a lot of our viewers who are in blue cities, who are in New York and Los Angeles and Chicago, and you know they're at a 10, but everyone around them, including the school, the school board, the, 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 the parents who their kids play with and go to soccer with, and, and they are all at zeros, not even at ones. They, they, they don't want to hear it. Uh, and they shut you up with, uh, anti, you're an anti-vaxxer. You know, that's the new, you're a racist. It kind of doesn't make any sense. Most of the parents that we're even talking about are vaccinated. But of course, um, they, they kind of shut down the argument or they cancel you. Or, you know, there's, there's this fear of backlash with a lot of parents that, again, political affiliation aside, they just want what's consistent and good and healthy for their children at school. So how do those parents get their power back? It's tough. So, you know, we have Philadelphia here and, uh, you know, that is very blue, but I have to give it to the moms in Philadelphia. They have forged through and found like-minded people. They and then really tighten their message. No, we're not anti-vaxxers. No, we're not anti-maskers. We just believe in choice. That's all we believe in, just parental choice, parental involvement. And when they did that, they started to really build build some power. And, and that's how I would approach it. That's why I'm, I'm so passionate about finding what you, the common ground, and that, like, I know that these people go to school with your kids and I know that they're at soccer. I'm a soccer mom myself, right? But finding that common ground and saying, listen, you get your children vaccinated. I support you. I understand. But for me and my family, I would appreciate it if you understood it and where we're coming from. But besides that, don't you agree that we should be involved in our children's education? But getting them to agree with that then is your segue in. And it's not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. It takes some tough skin. So uh, you, I know it's a bipartisan pack that you run, which is it's wonderful. Um, but have you actually been successful at, at, at getting people from both sides of the political aisle to come in and say, this is my priority? I don't I, I voted for Biden or I, you know, I'm I'm for Gavin Newsom or I'm for this guy or that guy and I or woman and I um you know I'm I'm with you on on your initiative. Surprisingly, yes. Great. I I mean it because what we did was we never ever to this day got off message. 
Mm-hmm. Our message is children should be in the classroom. And now maybe privately, <laughs> we have had conversations, but our pack as a whole never got off message. So let me play devil's advocate because I do that all the time in order to really get your brilliance to come out, which it always does. Uh, how about those who come out and say, but what about the teachers? They're in harm's way. Right. So we're not in 2020. We now have the tools and resources. So the teachers that feel that they're in harm's way, we have a vaccine, we have masking, we have all these fantastic tools and resources. In fact, we've been given billions of dollars to put in new HVAC. Has anybody done that? Right. (laughs) We have been given billions of dollars to keep, you know, uh, make up for the learning loss that our children have suffered. So really, the teachers are extremely important. They truly are. Thank God we're not in 2020 anymore. We're in 2022 with resources and tools. Yes, but we're also in 2022 with new problems, meaning uh, what's going on in a lot of schools is, as you know, the children came back from winter break. Now we have an Omicron variant that is spreading like wildfire. And a lot of the teachers didn't want to go back to school. So they they reluctantly opened schools. Some had one week off or a couple days off. Uh, And as the kids go back to school and a lot of kids are getting COVID now, uh, what they do is they will either... Um, have very arbitrary ways of saying you need to test after five days, after six. Mm -hmm. I mean, and it's not entirely the school's fault. I mean, I feel for a lot of these administrators because there is a lot of, you know, phone calls to be made and contact and tracing and, you know, and, and really getting to the root of the issue. But the bottom line is they do segregate children and families with this. If you vaccinate, your kid's vaccinated, he can come back or she can come back to school after a few days, even though they were exposed. Meanwhile, both sets of kids are getting COVID, just like both sets of adults are getting COVID, whether you're even boosted, you're, you're getting COVID at this point with this new variant. Um, what, are, are, what, if anything, is your PAC doing to maybe address some of these issues? Well, it's, it's tough because the issues just keep coming, right? Every day there's a new issue. There's another school closing. There's another, and and truly, and I know that this is going to sound so radical. It is one of the only reasons I'm running for Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania. I know that that sounds crazy, but we have to have people at the big decision-making table banging on it and saying enough is enough. And I truly encourage people to run for these public offices, whether they run as a Democrat, independent, Republican, I don't care. As, But I truly do not think that we will see any change until people say, I'm at a 10, I have to run for office because I have to be a louder voice than the unions. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think that has been the takeaway in the last two years is that local Mm -hmm. politics matters. I mean, um, I think a lot of us kind of brushed it aside as, you know, who the heck is running for the school board or who's running for the library board or um, obviously lieutenant governor is an important position. And I I do want to give you some time to talk about the decision to run, how it's going uh, and um, obviously, you know, what obstacles stand in the way. So it's, it's so exciting. I have uh, traveled 6,000 miles in three weeks. 
Um, my husband comes and brings the kids to the hotel rooms and we always find a hotel with a pool as they travel uh, Pennsylvania. But what is so exciting is when I win, I can implement serious change, whether that is school code um, changes, whether that's school choice, whether it's what we just saw Glenn Young can do, where he banned, he literally signed an executive order banning critical race theory in Virginia. That is why I'm doing what I'm doing. For the children, for the taxpayers here, we deserve better. We truly do. You deserve better. Your children deserve better. As a whole, our nation deserves so much better than we're getting. Uh, and I, I mean, I can't believe it, but I was at, it was a, it's called a straw poll where they, you know, select uh, the, the winner um, and Saturday I got it. I won and I'm a mom. <laughs> Who would have known? <laughs> I love how you just put that into everything and I'm a mom. Um, it's wonderful because I feel like for so many years, um, women have been hiding the fact that they're married, hiding the fact that they have children uh, right. because it would maybe, maybe hinder, right, in the workplace. And now there's nothing better than hearing somebody who's going to fight for her state the way that she has fought for her children, like a mama bear. Yep. Uh, and that's where you get all your successes. Final question. I really think, and I know that you've touched upon, you know, um, hinted at, at parts of it throughout our, our wonderful conversation. But if someone's at an eight, nine or 10, okay, um, and they're just thinking, oh, she's amazing, she's articulate, and I'm watching her, but I don't know what to do. How do they get started? And if you can differentiate between public and private, I think a lot of people feel that the public school route, meaning getting on the board is extremely you know, daunting. And then the private has its own obstacles of it being, you know, an elitist, you know, crowd and not uh, letting them, you know, new new people into the fold. Um, what are what is what's some of the the advice you can offer both sets of parents? I really believe on both sides is filing these Freedom of Information Acts is your first step. It's your first step to understanding exactly what's going on behind the scenes of what's happening in your school. Finding out what's happening there, you know, getting the emails, you you put in, you request keywords, you maybe want to say COVID uh, mitigation, what, whatever, whatever words you're looking for in these emails. They give you the emails. You can see the inside of what's actually happening since we're not given, given it, right, freely. So right. if there is something alarming, it is extremely important to take that to the press. And why I say that is because educating the community is so important. When With mm -hmm. the PAC, when we gave money to school board candidates, we never looked at winnability. Winnability did not matter. Educating the voter, educating the constituents of what was happening in our schools is what is important. So say you don't wanna run for school board, fine. File Freedom of Information Acts, see what's actually happening. Something alarming comes up. You write a press release and you send it to the press. This is what's going on. So I would say that that is like, a, if that's a big, a big tool that you can use in your war chest. But it's also being, uh, you know, finding like-minded people. Because if you don't find like-minded people, you'll drive yourself crazy. Even if it's one mom or one dad 
finding like-minded people to say, I'm not crazy, am I? That really helps too. <laughs> Believe me, I've been there. It does. It does. Particularly when you feel like you're outnumbered. It, it, it truly does. Now, uh, when will your handbook be ready and where can people find you? Where can they connect with you? Where can they learn from you? And where can they follow your journey to Lieutenant Governor? Yes. So I encourage anybody that wants the handbook back to T-O, spelled out back to school, P-A, like Pennsylvania.com. Go there. You'll see. Contact us. Just say, hey, listen, I really would like a copy of your handbook. We'll make sure that we get it to you. And then also, if you're interested in me, um, Clarice, for F-O-R-P-A, like Pennsylvania.com. Uh, anywhere uh, you want to. Yes, I see this. Follow me on Twitter. I um, I like to get I like to have fun on Twitter. So uh so follow her there yes. um, and definitely uh, visit the site if you'd like to contribute and um, get, get to know Clarice and, and her wonderful work and her contributions. I do firmly believe that this can be replicated in different states in different ways for public, for private, um, just for parents to have transparency. We're not telling you what to think, but we're telling you you have the right to think and to speak and to know. And what your children are learning, what they're doing. Uh, and we wish you the best of luck. Please come back and tell us how this is going and how um, this, this ends up. When is the election? So the primary is in May and the general, uh, when I will actually know if I have one or not, is in November. So wonderful. So we, we only we, got a hundred and some more days to the primary. Who's counting? Okay. We wish you the best of luck. We will tag all of your websites under the video and we urge everyone to subscribe and um, to follow us here on youtube.com slash Lisa Daftari to follow our weekly podcast and to subscribe to our daily top 10 email and go to foreign desk news.com. Thank you so much for being with us and we will see you next week.